Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, for those of you who don't know me and just missed Rob's introduction there, my name is Chris. I'm part of the staff here at Life Community Church and it is a real privilege to be asked to share with you guys this morning. It really, really is. I love sharing from the Word of God. It, every time I pick up this book, every time I get the opportunity to read it, every time I get the opportunity to share from it, I get so excited because I know that in this book there are words that can change lives. There are words that transcend simple information, but they become revelation. And I believe today, in a powerful way, I really do believe that lives are going to be changed today. And that's not just bigging myself up, because I know the word I've prepared. It's good, but I don't want to rely on that. Actually, the Spirit of God is here today. And when we open our hearts to what's in this book, then really lives can be changed. So I'm going to pray just before we start. Lord God, I thank you that we have this incredible opportunity to come together, God, and to serve, to worship, and to celebrate you. Lord God, I pray that the words that I speak today, Lord God, would they not be of me, Lord God, but would they be your words? Lord God, would they reach out to hearts, Lord God, would they reach out to minds, and can we see lives changed today? Father God, we pray this in your holy, holy name. Amen. Amen. Brilliant. Okay. Well, for those of you who know, for the last month we've been going through a series called Celebrating Character. So we've been looking at various different characters throughout the Bible that have stood out to us as speakers. So we started off with Dave, Dave Bolton here, our senior leader. He was speaking on King David. Now, I should add at the start now, we've all chosen these, speak, these, these characters because for some reason or another they stand out to us. Maybe we associate ourselves with them more or there's a particular fundamental characteristic that as we're reading their story stands out to us. Now, with Dave and King David, I can sort of see how he associates himself there. <laughs> and then the week after we had Rob who was speaking on the Father Heart of God. Now at this point I struggle to see a little bit how he associates with that character. Intrinsically linked, apparently. Okay, all right, we'll go with that. <laughs> and then last week, I wasn't here last week, but I've already listened back to the podcast, and Mr. Onyekwe here was sharing about Nehemiah. And the podcast, for anyone who hasn't heard it or anyone who missed it last week, I really want to encourage you, get, on, get involved, download it, get online, have a listen. It really was a great message. And again, I believe lives were transformed last week. So seriously, if you've missed out on any of this series at all, catch up online. It is worth it. It's maybe half an hour of your life once you're listening to it, and it will change the rest of your life, I promise you. So today I have the privilege of speaking on Hosea. Now this guy is a bit of a character who's perhaps not all that well spoken about in the church. I think there might be a few people here who've never even heard of him before. And I want to take you back to approximately 800 years before Common Era. Approximately... Uh, I was looking through the books, that's approximately 750 years before Jesus. A long time ago. And we find ourselves in a nation in turmoil, a nation that is racked and wrecked by idolatry, a nation on the brink of destruction with foreign invaders breathing down their neck. Literally, the world is about to end for this nation. And it's in this turmoil that we find our character, that we find Hosea. 
This account that I'm about to share, every time I read it, it breaks me. Every single time I look at it, it gets me right in the heart. Oh, it hurts every time. So when I'm communicating today, some of these thoughts I'm going to be sharing, they might be a little bit raw. They might hurt. They might offend some of us. But this is God. If you're feeling offended, that's God speaking to you. And he's bringing you a challenge. And it challenges me every time. I'm not, as up here, stood up here, I'm not Mr. Perfect when it comes to this. I'm just sharing a few thoughts. So Hosea, he's resigned to one of the sections in the Old Testament called the Minor Prophets. Now, what's that about? Seriously, a minor prophet? Like, throughout the Bible, even today, whenever God speaks to us, he speaks through prophecy. He speaks to us through prophets, particularly in the Old, and Tes- Old Testament. Whenever God was speaking to the people, he would choose a select few people, and they would be the prophets. They would have a direct line to God. He would speak to them, and they would communicate his word throughout the land, throughout the nation. It's never a small deal when you're a prophet. And yet here we have Hosea in a relatively insignificant part in the Bible. Again, some of us have probably never heard of it, the minor prophets. There is nothing minor about this. Amongst this turmoil, as I was saying, we find Hosea. And we can begin to find a simple characteristic of the man. In a time where no one was paying attention to God, in a time where everyone was looking to other gods, they were finding their pleasure, their purpose, they were seeking for wealth in places which weren't of God. Hosea was paying attention to God. He was listening So this is our first characteristic of him that we get. He was faithful. In a time when no one was faithful, Hosea was. And this was the first time that God speaks to Hosea. How do we know that? The Bible says so. This is the first time, it says. And so he doesn't know what he's looking for. (laughs) He doesn't know what he's listening out for. Personally, I've heard from God a few select times where I've actually heard him speaking to me. So if he were to speak to me today then I might recognize it. But if it's the first time, really? I don't know if he understood what it said. Particularly when I read you what the words say. It says this, go and love, go and marry, go and build a family with a prostitute. Sorry, what? Sorry, did I just hear that right? Did, God, did you just tell me to go and marry a prostitute? Go and love, go marry, go build a family with a woman who is unfaithful. A woman who is unclean, a woman who cannot and will not return the affection that you have for her. A woman who sells herself to the highest bidder, a woman who has no loyalty, and a woman who is the object of lust by the men that surround her. Sorry? Did, did I hear that right? No, I don't think so. That must have been a, some sour milk I had the night before, or must have been some strange cheese. Surely that can't be right. But Hosea's faithful. He goes. He trusts. He trusts that this is God. And he goes and he finds this woman. Go and love. Go and marry a woman, a prostitute. So he goes. He finds this woman called Goma. And he marries her. I don't really want to know what the courtship for this relationship was like. How did they end up marrying? I really don't actually want to know that. But it happens. He loves. He marries. And he begins to build a family with this woman. And they have three children. And God is involved in this relationship. He didn't just say, yeah, go marry a prostitute. Ha, 
got him off my back now, and walks away. But no, he supports him, he speaks to him, and he's guiding him through this relationship. And they have three children. We were celebrating just a few weeks back with a children's dedication. Children, we believe as a church, are a blessing from God. Throughout the Old Testament, we see that as a biblical principle. Infertility, where people struggle to have children, was seen as a curse from God for whatever, a sign of sinfulness. And yet fruitfulness was a sign of blessing. It was a sign of promise. It was a sign that God was with the family. And so here we see the promise of God being outworked in one of the most dysfunctional relationships that I have ever seen, that I have ever read about. And eventually, Gomer brings Hosea a son, his first son. And God says, I want you to call him Jezreel, or Jezreel. For it is in the valley of Jezreel that God will humble his people. Hosea's firstborn son is going to be an eternal reminder of God's anger against his people. These three children that Hosea has, they're a blessing, as we've already discussed, but they're also a curse. They're a constant reminder of God's anger. The second son comes along, and God instructs Hosea to call her Lo-Ruhamah. Now, I really don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. If anyone here knows how to pronounce Hebrew or Arabic or whatever, please interrupt me because I'm probably doing a disservice to the language. But there's, the, we are called, uh, Hosea calls his second child, a daughter, Lo-Ruhamah, which means not loved, not pitied, not favoured, because God will no longer favour the people of Israel he will no longer save them from the troubles that are surrounding them. And then finally, Gomer brings a third child, another son. And God instructs Hosea to call him Lo-Ami, which means not my people. And this is profound. This is absolutely incredible. God is taking away his patronage from the nation of Israel. One scholar comments that this is possibly the biggest moment in the Old Testament. God, I am, El, Elrohim, whatever you want to call him, whatever he was known as, God is not the God of the Israelites anymore. One scholar has interpreted it to say, the great I am is no longer Israel's I am. If you want, the I am is no longer your I am, or he is I am not. He's not your God anymore. The birth of this child is like a great big tree, which is the people of Israel, with its roots now exposed, and a giant axe has just been swung at each and every one of those roots. It has torn them apart, severed and separated them from the one thing that gave them strength, that built them up as a great nation. The God who rescued them, who, who made them out of dust, who rescued them from Egypt, who led them through the Red Sea, provided for them in the wilderness. The God who has favoured them and built them into the nation that they are now is no longer with them. He's turned their back on them. He's given them over to destruction. The great I am is no longer the I am of Israel's. And as Gentiles, as Jews, as non-Jews, sorry, we might struggle to understand that. We don't get exactly what that's on about. But this is a huge, profound, wounding blow to the nation of Israel. No longer are they set apart. No longer are they chosen. No longer are they favoured. 
no longer. Each of these children, all three, Jezreel, Lo Ruhamah, and Lo Ami, all three of them, constant reminders of God's wrath and of his judgment. But, now who here is thankful for the buts in the Bible? Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. A but in the Bible always comes along when we see that one thing, one one path, one cause is certain. Like in this case, destruction is certain. God has turned his back on these people, but God sees another way. But I will turn it around. Chapter 1 also goes on to say, verse 10, Yet the number of of the people of Israel shall be like the sands of the sea. In the, ple- in the place where it said, you are not my people, you shall be called children of the living God. The people of Judah and Israel shall be gathered, and they shall take possession of the land. Great shall be the day of Jezreel. God's offering a way out. He's saying, I know exactly what's going on. I know the troubles that you're facing. I know the turmoils. And if you continue on this path, that's it. I'm done with you. I'll wash my hands of you. I've had enough. But if you turn back to me, the situation you're currently facing, I'll flip it on its head. I'll turn it around. Jezreel will no longer be a place of humble and humility and the place where your armies were broken. It'll be a place of celebration. It'll be a place of glory where God reunites with his people. He promises to restore if the people would just turn from their wicked ways. Now, I don't know who we have here today in the congregation. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what challenges you you faced this morning. Maybe it was all that you could do to get up out of bed and come to church this morning. And if that's it, hey, that's fine. It's great to see you. It's great to see you. Maybe you struggled with the children this morning. Maybe they didn't want to get dressed. Maybe you were running late. But you made it. Hey, that's fine. That's great. It's great to see you. I don't know what sort of uh, situations you're facing, but God wants to be involved in it. Whether your work situation is tough, maybe you're not enjoying it, maybe you're looking for a new job, God wants to be involved. I want to challenge you before we go any further. How can God make a difference in your life? What one step can you make that's closer to God today? I'm going to skip on a bit in the, the account of Hosea now. I'm going to skip chapter 2 because it's going on in very lovely and poetic language. Exactly what God's going to do if Israel turns around. He's going to restore the land. There's going to be fruit on the trees again. He's going to turn the backs of the enemies around and he's going to restore the land. It's all very nice, but it, takes, it just takes too long for me to go through at the moment. So I'm going to skip on to chapter 3. It says this, Go, go and find your wife, Hosea. Go find your wife, who even now is caught up in adultery, who even now is with another man. Go find her. Go and love her, Hosea. What's happened? She's not listened. She's not listened to to God at all. She stayed in her ways. She's married, Hosea. She's got these three children. She's been told of the impending doom. But she's tangled up. She's caught and trapped. And she's back out in the sex slave industry. And God's speaking to Hosea. He says, go find her. Go find your wife. Why do you think God keeps telling Hosea to love Goma? I think it's because it's hard. It's difficult. Hosea's there. He's strung out. He's tired. He's exhausted. 
Every day is a battle. Every day is a struggle to continue to do what God wills. But he tries. He's faithful. Go find your wife, Hosea. Go find the woman who has scorned the affection that you have for her, that has abandoned your family, that has left you to look after your three children. Go find her. She's ran away again. Who is it with this time? Where has she gone? What sort of places is she looking for pleasure in this time? I dread to think of the journey that Hosea would have to go on, the sort of places he'd look in, what sort of dark streets, the alleys in the city that he'd have to go down, where you've got people that look at him and sneer, the people who recognize him as the prophet who's bringing the word of God to the land, but laugh at him for a fool. This is the man who thought he could marry a prostitute and have a happy life. What sort of journey would he go on? <coughs> He'd go to the sort of places where he shouldn't go. Men of God like him shouldn't go. Where upright, righteous Jewish people shouldn't go. But he went there. Go and find your wife, Hosea. Where is she? And Hosea goes. And he finds her in a market, once again, caught back up in the sex slave industry. She's on display on a platform, and men are gathered around bidding, raising the stakes every time for the chance to spend one night with this woman. And Hosea walks in, and he's like, hey, hey, that's my wife. Leave her alone, that's my wife. No one hears him. They keep bidding. The men keep reaching into their pockets and raising more money and raising the stakes. And Hosea's like, hey, stop. That's my wife. Leave her alone. Don't touch her. And the auctioneer keeps marching her around the block, parading her. Maybe a few men now hear what, she, what he's shouting and start to laugh at him and continue to raise the stakes. The money, the cost keeps going up. Gomer is in great demand. And he's like, hey, stop. And eventually the auctioneer hears. And he says, sir, sir, I don't care who she is. This is the price. This is the price. She might be your wife, but this is the price. This is the price you must pay. I wonder what's going through Goma's mind at this point. Maybe she stood on the platform there and she's thinking, oh, how did I end up here again? How am I back here again? Maybe she sees Hosea and is reminded of the family that she has abandoned. How? How am I here? Maybe Hosea will save me. Maybe I can go back home. Or maybe she doesn't think like that. Maybe she's thinking, who is this man? Why is he following me around? Why does he insist on being with me? Why does he want me to change? This is who I am. He knows who I am. He knows what I'm like. Why does he want me to change? I don't know. I don't know what's going on through her mind at this moment. But Hosea, hey, that's my wife. I love her. Leave her alone. And the auctioneer is, this is the price. Hosea looks at Goma, probably a bit beaten, bruised, bloody, abused. It's not a pretty industry to be working in. He sees his wife on this platform, and he's moved. He's moved in compassion. All right, he says. All right, what's the price? I'll pay it. 
and he reaches into his pockets and he raises the stakes and he beats every bid and he buys back what is already his. Hang on. But Hosea, he's your wife. She's your wife. Why are you paying for that? She, he buys back and pays the price that needs to be paid. Now, at this point, I don't know whether anyone here has noticed, but this account is particularly interesting because it's not just a story of a man and a woman. You might have probably noticed by the way I introduced it. It's a prophetic book. This is God speaking to the people of Israel. It's not just a pretty story about a man and a wife where the Fox Media or whatever could make a film out of it and it would sell millions. This is a prophetic book. See, Hosea is an image of God. <clears throat> Can you grab my bottle of water? Cheers. <coughs> oh, wow. Hosea is an image of God. And no offense to anyone here. I love you all. I think you're brilliant. But we are an image of Goma. Just one moment. We are the image of Goma. We're caught up. We're tangled in whatever we're facing in life. I don't know, again, what we're facing. Whether it's work, whether it's studies, whether it's home life. I don't know what sort of circumstances are in our way today, but we're tangled up, we're dirtied, we're beaten. We're on the platform for those around us paying the most. Who will pay the most? Paying attention to us. Look at me. I'm on the platform. It's all about me. And God's like, hey, leave them alone. That's my wife. That's my bride. That's the woman I love. That's the love of my life. You see, everything... It says in the Bible, everything in the world is God's. Psalm 24, the world is the Lord's and everything in it. Everything is God's. He knows us, he created us. He knows us intimately. But still, we've fallen short. He knows exactly what's going on in our hearts at the moment. He knows the sort of things we watch on the TV when no one's looking. He knows the sort of music that we listen to. He knows the thoughts in our head. When we watch the news and we see about the terrorist attacks across the world, he knows what we think at that point. Maybe we hate the terrorists. Maybe we feel a burning anger against them. God knows. He knows it. And still he chooses to pay that highest price. He looks at his wife, beaten, bloody, abused. He says, all right, if that's the price, all right. The Bible also says that the wage of sin is death. The wage of sin, the wage of us looking away from God, of getting caught up in the world, is bloodshed. And God says, all right, okay, fine. I'll send my son. You see, I hope we, I'm you get what I'm trying to say here. I hope it. I hope you do. I'm not just telling a pretty story. I'm not trying to accuse everyone here. But this is what God is saying to the nation of Israel and to us. We don't understand it. We're caught up in our own ways. We're on, on display. And God's crying out, hey, stop. That's my wife. God's heart is broken for us. He longs for us to return. God loves us so infinitely, so unconditionally, that no matter what the price, he's willing to pay. You see, Hosea's purchasing of Goma comes with a promise. Chapter 3, verse 3 says, And I said to her, You will remain mine for many days, 
You will no longer play the whore. If we're serious about our restoration, if we're serious about our returning to God, our relationship with God, we cannot continue to live in the same way. We cannot continue to be the same person that we were yesterday. We cannot, on Sunday, play the role of a child of God, a son of the Most High, and then on Monday be an orphan. We cannot do that. When I was growing up in my early stages as a Christian, when I was uh, just beginning to find out about the faith, people were saying to me, hey, salvation's free. God's grace is free. It doesn't cost a thing. And that sounds nice. At the time I agreed with it. I thought, yeah, absolutely, let's go for it. Let's go for it. But as I've been studying more and more, I've come to learn, actually, no. That is possibly the biggest lie we could ever tell someone who is exploring the faith. Salvation, God's grace, is not free. See, God paid the ultimate price. God paid whatever it cost. He paid it. And he demands the same of us. He asks that he give, we give him our lives. He asks that our first thought in the morning would be of him. That our last thought before we go to bed would be of him. That as we, as we go to work, we'd be thinking of him. That we'd be seeking to glorify him. He asks us for everything. Maybe you're here today and you're about to step into something new. I profoundly and really do believe that there's someone here who is literally looking for a new job. They've got it running through in their minds right now, even as I'm speaking. Someone wants a new job. They want out of where they're at at the minute. God wants to be involved. God wants to be involved in that. What is he saying to you? Have you asked him yet? What's God saying? He wants to be involved. As a church, we're moving into a new season, a season where we've not been there before. As a family, we've not been here before. We woke up this morning and we didn't know what today was going to be like. We know God's with us. We know what he's called us to. And we're going there in faith, but we've never been here before. God wants to be involved. He wants to be involved in everything that we're doing. I'm going to pray in just a few moments. I'm going to give you guys all a, res a chance to respond to this message, to whatever God's been saying today. I don't know whether you encountered God during the worship. Didn't the band lead us so well this morning? Yeah, absolutely. They were so good. Maybe you heard God speaking to you or moving or you felt the spirit of God today during the worship. Hey, let's respond to that. That's great. Maybe during communion, as we were taking communion, you felt God speak to you. Maybe you encountered God in a level that you'd never felt before. Hey, that's great. Let's respond to that. Or maybe the words that I've spoken today, maybe the words of Hosea, the word of God has cut through. Maybe it's become a revelation to you today. Let's respond to that. I'm going to pray in just a short moment. I'm not going to ask you guys to do anything. I'm not going to say, if you want to respond, put your hand up, whatever. We're going to, the band are going to lead us in, in a song in just a short moment. And as they're singing, why don't you just stand, sing, respond in your heart, cry out to God and say, yes, God, thank you. I don't want to be the person I was before. I don't want to be the whore on the block anymore. God, I want to be with you. I don't want to reject the families that I've built up. I don't want to reject the things that you've given me, Lord God. I want to serve you. And if you're crying out to that, feel free to do it in whatever manner. Whether it's as we're worshipping, you raise a hand simply. 
Maybe you need to speak that out. Maybe you need to cry it out. If that's the case, I'll be down the front here during the song. Dave, Rob, David, Leanne, we'll all be here down the front. If you need to speak something out, why don't you, or you can come down to the front here and just worship God. Worship God with all your passion, with all your heart. And I'm going to pray. So why don't we all just close our eyes. The band are going to lead us in this song. Lord God, I thank you for uh, everything that you are, Lord God, for everything that you've done. Thank you for the words that you've spoken today, Lord God. Thank you that we have this opportunity to encounter and to meet with you today. Lord God, with the words that have been spoken, God, would they, would they not just be information, God? Seal them in our hearts that as we leave this place, Lord God, as we walk out those doors, Father God, would we not forget them? Would we not leave them behind? But Lord God, would they continue to resound in our head and in our hearts? Father God, you're so good to us. Lord God, you're so good that in times of turmoil, in times of strife, Lord God, where it looks and it feels like we've got nowhere to go, we can turn to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the price that you paid, God, that you deemed us so worthy that you paid the price. Thank you that you call us your wife. You call us your bride, your most loved. Lord God, we thank you that you paid the ultimate price. And Lord God, we turn to you. We turn to you in whatever we're facing, Lord God, in our circumstances, in our situations, in our families, in our jobs, in our homes, Lord God, we turn to you. And we say, Lord, would you have your way? Lord, would you have your way? Would your spirit be reigning over us? We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.